Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is Wednesday, April 2nd. The year is 2020. Time has passed us by. We're in the third decade of the current millennium. Yes, already that far. It's been a month without the NBA. You know, the month and a half has really stinks. I personally enjoyed the horse competition. Nice to watch Andre play in the 2K competition. You know, hopefully there's more to come. Uh, you know, nevertheless, excited to introduce today's guest. We'll be talking about the draft. We'll be talking keep trade and drops in the current Cavs, similar to an article I wrote before the trade deadline and finishing it up with a look at next season. It is Grant Pushkar. Grant, my man, now you host quite a few podcasts. You've had some fantastic Browns interviews, and I know this is NBA, but tell me how excited you are quickly about this NFL draft tomorrow. So now you've got a lot of mocks, and you're hoping to see some results from your uh, from your work. Absolutely, Zach. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm keeping the great work at Across the Cavs, you know, great content, but Man, I'm excited for the draft tomorrow. You know, I'm hoping we get our guy, Andrew Thomas, at number 10. Um, you know, I don't see why they would trade up uh, up or down, you know, up for Isaiah Simmons, but also down. You know, I don't see why they would get get go away from getting that top left tackle. But we're talking some Cavs today, man. You know, unfortunately, like you mentioned, we talked about it off air. If the Cavs, you know, if the NBA does come back, we probably won't see our Cavs play. But I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to break down some Cavs today, man. Uh, me too, man. I've had this account since October, and you're probably one of the people that I've been able to follow the longest to see great content. So glad that it only it only took five months and a month and a half of no basketball for us to have time to collab. But hey, <laughs> for <we're> sure. <laughs> me too, man, for sure. All right, so we're going to go through the roster first. And the Cavs don't have a ton of free agents. For this hypothetical, we're going to treat every player as if they are touchable. So we're going to go quick. So I'll, I'm going to go to you first, and I'll come second for each one, Grant. We got Colin Sexton, keep, trade, cut. <laughs> Absolutely keep, my man, Colin Sexton, young boy. You know, I've seen your account, you know, on Across the Cavs. We've gone back and forth a couple times. Um, I've also gone back and forth with a couple other guys, um, James Rapine, um, especially from 923 The Fan. We've had conversations about this a lot. Um, and I like Colin Sexton better than Darius Garland. And I know we'll get to Darius Garland in a second. Um, and that doesn't mean I don't like Darius Garland. Um, you know, he has potential. He can shoot the three ball. He's just hesitant. You know, he's been hesitant all his rookie year. Yep. Um, likewise to Colin Sexton, he was in his rookie year too. But I think Colin Sexton is underappreciated and just doesn't get the praise he deserves. You know, he, he he's improved his scoring a ton this year, averaging around 20 points a game. His defense, obviously, the energy is there. So keep for Colin Sexton. He's my point guard of the future for the Cavs. Absolutely. He's put two guard this year. I think he'll go back to point next year. It's kind of like D'Lo, not comparing him to D'Lo, but he's kind of a guy that when he when he played with Dimwitty, he kind of played the off guard. Now he, when he was in Golden State, he played sure. the off guard with Curry for a few games. Now he's the point Minnesota. Absolutely keep Colin. He's still only 21. He's not going to be 22 until we're halfway through next season, assuming that starts on time. He's got a great career ahead. And he had a fantastic college coach in Avery Johnson, who may not have the best track record, but he definitely mentored him well. So, Number two, Jetty Osman signed a four-year extension pro- earlier this season. But nevertheless, keep trade or cut and take take the fee. 
I'm willing to trade Jetty Osmond. Um, no disrespect against Jetty, I love him. Um, you know that 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 four year extension for I believe it was what 30, 31, 32 million. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a decent contract. Yeah, exactly. It's very cheap. Um, and for Jetty's production, I mean, he he has some games where he flourishes and he puts up good numbers. And there's also games where you know you're getting to the third, even fourth quarter, and you look at the stat sheet and he has zero points on the board. Um, and from your starting, you know, small forward, you expect him to put some points on the board. Um. KPJ has started a couple games in his replacement, whether he's injured or just, you know, just not playing. Um, yep. And Kevin Porter Jr. is a beast. So, I you know, if they can get the right deal, um, I'm willing to trade Jetty. Do, do that, does that mean, you know, I want him completely gone? No, but I'm willing to trade Jetty. Yeah, I agree. I hope he stays, you know, if they can find the deal. I look at him as Jay Crowder 2.0. I'm not comparing them as defenders, but Crowder signed a five-year, $35 million deal with the Celtics. And on the same contract, he's played for Boston, Cleveland, Utah, Memphis, and Miami. So, you know, anything can happen. But when you have that contract, you are tradable. We'll see what happens. All right, number three, starting point guard Darius Garland, the rookie. I'm going with keep, obviously, on Darius Garland. Um, You know, they, they got to see what he's got. Um, Obviously, you know, number five pick in the draft last year. Um, The talent's there. We mentioned, you know, through the three ball. Obviously, that's why I drafted him. He can shoot it. You know, he has a clip. Um, His defense has been iffy. Um, it has been good, hasn't been bad. Um, just in the middle. But you know, I think they got to keep him. Whether you know, again, a lot of people are saying, you know, let's bring Colin Sexton as you know a six man off the bench. Um, and I'm completely against that. If anything, I'd rather have Darius Garland come off the bench because I yep. think, um, I don't think it's been working. Um, the two guards, you know, I think they it, it works at times, but they struggle, you know, to 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 take up the ball. Um, both of them want to do it. I just think the chemistry in terms of them, um, they're they're decent on the court, but I think the team plays better when one of them's on the court, one of them's off. So I'm going with keep on Darius Garland. We got to see what he's got. Yeah, I agree with you. You can look at a couple other teams as examples of just having pairings that couldn't play too many minutes together. There's no one that's jumping to my mind except really for the Phoenix Suns. They had Isaiah Thomas, Eric Bledsoe, and Goran Dragic at the same time, once upon a time, and all that was three guards and not two. It never worked. They ended up trading two of the three. Uh, I think it was 2014. Goron's been in Miami since. Bledsoe has since said, I don't want to be here, and ended up the Bucks. Isaiah Thomas ended up as a Celtic. The rest is history. Now, you know, he had those great runs. I'm on the Keep Garland making the six-man bandwagon. He's nowhere near Jordan Clarkson, not yet. And I'm not saying that he can't pass Clarkson's ability, especially considering he's a better passer. But I see him as kind of the next Clarkson as that bench score. And so we go to Tristan Thompson. This He's an actual free agent, so we'll treat this one like it is. He's unrestricted, I believe. He finished off that five-year deal that had him coming to the team six days before the 2015 season, I believe it was, or 2016 season. But what do you got on Tristan Grant? You know, man, before the trade deadline, you know, I was I was all about trading Tristan Thompson, exploring those options. Um, love TT, been a Cav, you know, for life since he got in the league. Um, but, you know, I'm ready to drop and move on from Tristan Thompson. You know, Andre Drummond, it, it came out the report that he's expected to pick up his player option. Um, so it looks like Kevin Love and um, Andre Drummond are, are, you know, they're going to be there together for a while. Um, and, yep. you know, Tristan Thompson, he would be a very expensive backup. Um, and I just don't think the Cavs, obviously, I don't think we're going to compete for anything um, within the next coming years. So it would make absolutely no sense to have an expensive backup at the center. So I think they definitely move on from Tristan Thompson. And that would bring to an end the nine-year run of the Draft Brothers officially. They outlasted the Stas brothers of OKC by a good four years. But, you know, nevertheless, I love both of them. Hope Kyrie somehow comes back to Cleveland someday. That's for another topic, another time. I do think, Tristan, <laughs> I do hope 
they can find a way to give him 12 to 13 million. However, the fact that we also got Larry Nancy, who we're going to talk about shortly, given the fact he can play both positions, they just don't have a need to have four rotational bigs that have to play big minutes every night. You need 20 to 25 minutes minimum of Tristan. He can only play the five. I think it's eaten too much into Drummond's minutes in the six games he's played. So I am on the get rid of bandwagon as well. And here's one that, you know, it's my favorite Cavalier, but, you know, it's all about what's best for the team. Matthew Delvadova. Ugh, Matthew, you know, he, you know, fan favorite, you know, like you mentioned, he's your favorite guy on the Cavs. Um, yep. Fan favorite, you know, Cleveland has completely loved him and adopted him ever since he got here. Um, you know, he had those playoffs runs where he would lock up Curry down the stretch. Absolutely beautiful. Um, but I think they should, you know, drop Matthew Delvadova. Um, you know, the return was hype. You know, Delhi back to Cleveland. You know, he got a standing ovation his first game back. I believe I was at that game. I'm not too sure. I believe I was I'm at jealous, that game. I'm jealous, man. <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty exciting. Um, you know, like I said, fans adopt him. They love him. But, you know, I just think he's he's getting older. You know, his three-point shooting this year has been absolutely horrendous. Not yeah. that he is a three-point shooter. Um, and that that's not his main purpose. But I just think, you know, another veteran to where he's good to mentor the young guys. Um, but just overall, I, I just don't see a need for him uh, moving forward in the future. I'd personally like to see a one- or two-year deal for him, maybe a couple million a season. I think he knows he's not going to get that same contract. I know that given the fact – I, I remember reading last year about – he's someone I follow a lot more closely than other players anyway. Him and his wife, Anna, they had a, did a lot of moving, and it took a long time to get everything back to Cleveland. I just hope for his personal sake that he does stay. He's just someone I love. There's very few players who I become a fan of the team they play for when they leave my favorite team. Obviously, that wasn't the case with LeBron James. I mean, I look at the Cavs. I, I, I really haven't watched JC in Utah as much as I love him. I could care less about Rodney Hood in Portland. But I just look at this guy, man. When he hit that, uh, you remember, uh, the Bucks, he was on the Bucks. He had the steal and the flip shot at the buzzer. Yep. I'd never go crazy for first quarter plays from guys that aren't on the Cavs. That was one of them. And... Whatever it takes, man, I mean, he's just someone I, I probably have an affinity for that's not normal for a player of his caliber. No disrespect on it. <laughs> it's but understandable for sure. Understandable yeah. for sure. I have some players like that on the Browns where, you know, it's just you love him so much and you don't want your team to get rid of him. And it's not like he doesn't produce. I mean, I mentioned the shooting is bad, but he still produces in many other ways. Like I mentioned, the leadership of the young guards. Um, He comes in. He averages, you know, his assist numbers are up there. So it's not like he doesn't produce. And to your point, you know, there's no reason why, you know, they couldn't keep him. I just think overall, if they moved on from him, I wouldn't be too upset. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'd definitely be upset, but I don't – I do think he'll be in the league next season just given how he played during the injuries. But, you know, we'll see. All right, so this this is just all about what the team decides. And I'm actually surprised he is the third heaviest – he's the third most on the team. I guess that says he's in good shape. But he's also listed at 6'8", which is definitely wrong. I thought he was 6'10". Kevin Love. Keeping Kevin Love. Um, you know, I, I was a guy who who wasn't opposed to trading him, you know, when the trade deadline. But no one wants that contract, that that crazy, you know, 130, whatever, four-year, 130, whatever million-dollar contract deal that is. It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, Kevin Love, he, he wanted to stay, you know, once LeBron left, once Kyrie was gone. He told Cleveland, you know, I want to stay. I want to be the guy. I want to help develop these young guys. I understand they're going to be rebuilt. And then this year, his actions, you know, You've seen it, Zach. The temp, the temper tensions on the sideline. You know the frustration. He, yes, he's come out and apologized for it publicly, which is you know mad respect to the guy. But yep. 
Um, I think that, especially now with Andre Drummond, you know, they have something special brewing there. Um, I think Andre Drummond can be our center of the future. You know, there's been quotes from Andre Drummond where he says, you know, he thinks the Cavs can be a playoff team in a couple of years. He loves what the young guards are doing. So I think you got to keep Kevin Love now. Obviously, it's been clear from the trade deadline. No one wants that contract. Um, so there's no reason to get rid of him. You keep him and you see how him and Andre Drummond can play out. Absolutely agree. I also love the fact because I didn't know this until a few weeks after the trade. They share an agent, so I think that'll help next summer with Drummond, depending on what he does this For summer. Sure. But yeah, I love Kevin. I mean, he had those moments. I also know he's been. It's fantastic to have a guy on your team that's not only a fantastic hooper but an advocate for so many players with uh with tr- men- with trouble around the league. What him and Demar have done for mental health advocation, I just think, has been very admirable. Beautiful. And this doesn't translate to anything on the basketball court. If he gets traded, he gets traded. But I love what he brings. I mean, he's had some terrible games. He was on my fantasy team this year. He had a couple of 5.5 rebound games. Then he'd come out and do what he did against the Spurs. You know, that clutch corner three, his time was running down. Love what he brings. I think he's a great rebounder. I think you pair him. Him, Larry Nance, and Drummond, you have two very good rebounders in at all times. I think that's a little underrated, how good the Cavs are defensive rebounding. They lose a lot, but they really limit second chances unless they're going up against the likes of a, of a huge dude. But, yeah, I'm, I hope they keep love. I mean, if someone wants him, you know what? I think they'll get a nice – they'll get something in return. They're, if, and if anything, you know, Grant, they might get some overpaid outcast that needs another chance and gets it with this team and thrives. So it's a win-win Absolutely. for Kevin Love. Absolutely. You know, the effort plays are another um, big question, you know, for Kevin Love. Some of these plays, you know, this season, he just looks – lazy and the effort just seems to be lacking and I know Kevin Love that's not who he is that's not his character but you know those 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 plays also came in the midst of all that frustration and you know the outburst so I hope he's moved past that I think Andre Drummond helps him in so many ways um uh, you know I they were together on IG live the other day you know they're really enjoying each other and I think that bringing in Andre Drummond as that centerpiece uh, at the center position as well as just for the Cavs in general as their team. Um, I think it really helps Kevin Love and helps build his, you know, his his confidence back up in the team that they can make something happen within the next coming years. Oh, definitely. I Actually, I got to see that. I did not know they did that. I've been all over these Instagram lives. I mean, I've checked out the NBA probably 95% of the days. And, you know, but I, I have to see that. That's the first thing I do when we hang up. I'm watching that. For sure, man. All right, now go to the other big man. He's listed at center. He played all his minutes at center in the LeBron era. Now he plays both spots. I think this is a no-brainer. It just stinks that he came into the NBA when he's already 23-24. But, man, he's a fantastic human being. He's honoring his dad's legacy. He's playing in the area where he grew up. In, he was born in Akron. Now he's a Cavalier. Larry Nance, I'm going to dunk on everybody in this building. Junior. Absolutely 120% keep. Larry Nance, um, you mentioned his father, the legacy. He's carrying it on. Um, he's one of my favorite Cavaliers, if not my top uh, my top guy. Yep. Um, I have his city jersey hanging behind me um, from, remember a couple years ago when they had those bright orange and blue? It was like half orange, half oh, blue jerseys. Those are beautiful jerseys, man. Absolutely. Yep. I have a Larry Nance one sitting behind me. And um, I just think, you know, outside of his love for the city, and like you mentioned, his great personality on and off the court, um, his his numbers are there. I mean, his production, the Cavs played, you know, as a team, their results in the wins and loss column were, were 10 times better when Larry Nance Jr. was in and had a solid game, whether it was, you know, a 10-10 and 10 game or 15-8 and 8 around there. You know, every time he had one of those games, the Cavaliers, you know, played better and came out, you know, were more likely to come out with a win. So I think they absolutely keep him. Um, he loves loves the city, loves the atmosphere, and he produces on and off the court as well. 
And my favorite thing about Nance, actually born on New Year's, fun fact on him, is that he, I noticed this in the first game I watched. So I caught the opener. I missed the second game that they beat Indiana. Anyway, I noticed a lot more confident shooting the three. And now he doesn't have to be an amazing three-point shooter. And we just look at the percentage shooting 35% from deep on three attempts a game. He's made 56. I think that's fantastic. He doesn't need it because he has a mid-range game and he can score inside. But he shoots it without hesitation. And I know you probably saw this, Grant, last year before I go ahead. You watched Larry Nance shooting threes last year, and he always needed about a second to a second and a half after catching it just to set. I think it's a huge improvement Absolutely. in the game, and he can just shoot right away. Absolutely. You know, he uh, he struggled a couple times, you know, with the three, but he's not a he's not a guy that can shoot threes. And the fact that he's added that into his arsenal um, not only helps the Cavs out, it also spreads the floor. Um, it makes, you know, opposing teams' defenses have to worry about more, and it, it, it'll only be a positive for, for you know, opposing def- defenses, you know, in the Cavs moving forward. And he's also played a lot of small forward, which I've actually really enjoyed. It's, it's interesting to see him with Kevin and Andre or Tristan. Very. Whoever the three are, man, he's listed at six seven. I don't even know what to believe in it with heights anymore. I don't go off any of it. If you're six ten, you're seven feet. If you're six one, you were probably six five a year ago. But man, he he fits in well. He's got a great build, and you literally go through Twitter. You just go at Cavs, type in Larry Nance, and you're gonna be watching some of the most beautiful dunks <laughs> of your life. So he he's had some highlight plays this year too. I know Zach. He watched almost every game. You know, just like me and all the other diehards out there. Um, he's had some dunks this year that if he would have finished them, not nearly to the, to the level of John Morant, you know, John Morant, you know, he, he's, he's been an amazing rookie. This is off topic, but he's had some dunks too, that if he would have just finished would be absolutely insane. And Larry Nance has some of those this year too, where, you know, he gets rim jammed or he just hits the back of the rim and it doesn't go down. But man, if some of these would go down, you would be happy. You'd be able to tweet out those Larry Nance, like for a Larry Nance junior highlight for days. man. <laughs> those are honestly my favorite, man. And you know I love them. I love them. I've only had the time for this because of how much lack of new things there are. But, you know, it's, sure. it, this could be a lot worse. I mean, former Cavalier. Yes, he's a former Cavalier. Andrew Bogut, 50 seconds of Cleveland Nation. He, <laughs> he, he's thinking about retirement. I could somehow find a way to swing that into former Cav Center. You know, just like Sun Official Baines fan club, who I honestly have to say, I'm sure you've seen his tweets. I think of all the accounts on Twitter, he's my favorite follow. And I follow a lot of people. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't follow him. I don't think, but you know, I have to check that out for sure. Like you mentioned, checking out the IG live off air. The first thing I'm gonna do is check that out for sure. Check him out. No, he's great. And somehow Aaron Baines getting traded to the Suns made for the greatest Twitter account ever being born. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> if Aaron Baines ever gets to the Cavs, man, we are gonna have it good. We're finally gonna get the exposure needed. <laughs> Absolutely, you know they, the the Suns too. Their their team Twitter account highlights that you know that f- fan account very well. So I'm impressed. Yeah, me too, man. We just gotta. I think we gotta get some. We gotta get that Alfonso McKinney fan club going. We're actually gonna get to him in a moment. I think we already know what we want to do. I'll start and actually pass to you, KPJ. I think you keep him. I think you start him next year. I think he's going to be fantastic. And I'm not making a comparison by any means. And this might be totally outlandish. But you remember Gordon Hayward in Utah started off a little slow, but came along a little bit every year. He looked his age when he got to the league. Now all of a sudden he's like 26. Looks like he's a fully grown man. I think KPJ – I don't think KPJ, by the way, keeps the afro forever on that random note. I think he's going to get some kind of hair change at some point, cut it short, or just go dreadlocks full time. On that note, I think he's going to kind of mimic Hayward, change the hairstyle as he starts to mature in the league. I think he's going to be that kind of guy. I do think in his peak – 
Hayward's last year in Utah, Grant, I believe he averaged 22, 5, and 5 and was an all-star. I don't think those numbers in the eras to come will get someone into the game. I think that's the ceiling for KPJ, like a 25 and 5, kind of like what Tyreek Evans could have been in Sacramento if he stayed. So that's KPJ's ceiling, man. I'm all for it. KPJ's game, you know, one of my favorite, you know, as you know, you, you, you cover the Cavs heavily. I'm a Browns heavy guy, and Mac Wilson is a guy who I highlight a lot. Um, and he's just different, and I compare him to KPJ. Obviously, they play different sports. They're completely different, you know, human beings, but Kevin Porter Jr. is different as well. His game, there's something about it. He's smooth. Um, I think he has a lot of, you know, there's little, there's a lot of little patches in his game that he has to clean up, but obviously that's going to come with, you know, he was a top, you know, arguably top 10 or 15 talent. Um, if it wasn't for the issues that surrounded him, you know, before the draft. And, you know, now he's had some games this year where people are considering him, you know, the steal of the draft, if he can continue to perform at a high level, not only this year, but as you mentioned, Zach, moving him in to the starting lineup next year, I think he really can flourish and, you know, show us to, to your point, you know, and produce those 25 and five games all across the board, night in and night out. And it's really not too common in this era to find guys that can thrive at multiple positions. He's done that at shooting guard. You know, he's done that at small forward. I also think that in an emergency situation, he can be the point guard. But, you know, I definitely think he's going to be unbelievable. I had my doubts initially. And, you know, it's, it's hard when you're watching the first 10 games of a guy's career to just start being like, okay, give him time. You just right. want to watch your team play well. And I had my friend Cody on my podcast way back early November. He's like, he's going to be great. Just wait. I know you and a lot of Cavs fans probably the opposite of me. You're like, he's going to be great. I'm not patient at all. I watch one game sometimes. I'm like, oh, boy, this guy again. So, but, you know, I, I love him, man. I think he's going to be unbelievable in Cleveland. Absolutely, man. He's he's exciting. And, you know, that game, who was against? I believe it was against the Heat, right? And he just lit up. Um, best game of his career so far. I believe it was against yep. the Heat. And that at that moment, everyone knew, like, man, Kevin Porter Jr., he's legit. The only issue, though, with that one game is that we're going to go to Dante Exum. He scored. But there was that game against Minnesota. I almost turned it off. They were down by 27 in the third yep, quarter, yep. I think. And then Dante Exum, Exum just starts scoring <laughs> from all over the court. It's like, wait a minute. This is why Utah paid you $44 million, $33 million, <laughs> rather, for this one game? You know what the worst part is, though, Grant? He had that one great game. And then he did nothing after that at all. And I do actually like him. And I mean, I'm not going to do a like for Dante Exum highlights. No disrespect. He's Delhi's Australian <laughs> homie. But I do think they can keep him. However, they keep him. He should be the 12th or 13th man with the two-way guys and play in an emergency situation. And then I think he'll be gone when his next contract runs out. I, 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 you're spot on, Zach. I, I definitely agree with you. He could be the 12th, 13th man. I think they can keep him, you know. But I, I just feel for the guy. You know, he's had so many injuries, was a top pick. You know, so many injuries. I, I, I hate injuries. I know a lot of you guys do. I'm sure you do as well. But I'm one where if injuries weren't in the game, imagine what some of these, you know, young young men and young amazing athletes would have. Derek Rose, for example, he still had a solid career, but he's one guy where if he wouldn't have got hurt, he could, you know, he would have been an absolute insane guard for so many years. And Dante Exum, you know, he has he has the tools in the toolbox and his potential is there. Would he be someone like Derrick Rose? No, he's not flashy. He's not that athletic, but I think he could have been a solid, you know, 10, 15 points per game, um, night in and night out guy, you know, if you if it were, you know, the health the injury bug wouldn't have been haunting him his whole career. So I think you're exactly right. They could keep him and he'll be gone once his contract is up. But I do think he can still, you know, as that tour thirteenth guy, give us some solid minutes and, you know, just produce off that bench. Oh, definitely. And uh, before we go here, Dewan Wagner, one of the one of the only Cavs whose career was basically ruined from injury, which 
he could have had an opportunity and actually had a chance to talk to Smush Parker a month ago when he was just talking to me about how great Dewan was and could have been. And the one outlying example of where a whole organization got destroyed early, even when Shaquille O'Neal left Orlando to go to the Lakers, all wasn't lost in Orlando because then Penny Hardaway got hurt. They also had Tracy McGrady lose seasons to injury. They lost three years of Grand Hill. People don't remember. I mean, these guys are only Cavaliers in video games, so we're going to go off that <laughs> and somehow make it Cavs related. I, oh, yeah, I was playing 2K the other day with Grand Hill. No, I wasn't, but you get it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Grand Hill was a 29-7-7 LeBron-esque player in his absolute prime. Him and Jerry Stackhouse were probably LeBron and Wade if they played together in 2007 and 8 instead of when they actually did. And so people don't realize that they, people talk about Rose a lot. There's a lot. Brandon Roy, who was going to be exceptional, but I look at the likes of Grant Hill and Penny Hardaway. I mean, Penny's a college coach. Grant's doing his thing, and, and, uh, broadcasting games, but that's the one that, that always hits home the most, I think, about injury. Absolutely, man. And there's so many guys, you know, you mentioned just had some great insight on all these guys that, you know, just absolutely um, they, they've been haunted by the injury bug. And it's the same thing, you know, there's so many guys, you know, for the Browns, you know, there's not very many there, but just in general, all across, you know, Browns, Indians, and Cavs, you know, Bradley Zimmer for the Indians. I'm not sure how much you follow the Indians, but he's Close a center fielder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a center fielder and he he's his size is insane. You know, it's a smooth swing. And if he you know, he could stay up, he hasn't played in over a year. Um, almost two. And if he could stay healthy, you know, look out. Obviously, you know, the Indians need all the help in the outfield they can get. So there's so many guys with an injury bug, you know, that it, it's really unfortunate and sad. And if, you know, they could if it just wouldn't have happened, they would they would have amazing careers. And on that, I think Grady Sizemore had his career destroyed by injuries. He's still in his 30s, and he's not playing anymore. He was in his prime. I think he was a top 10 center fielder two-way defensively and as a leadoff hitter that can hit 20, steal 20, home runs, stolen bases. And uh, more current, Michael Brantley, I mean, he still thrived yep. after the injury. But I'm sure you know that if he had a full season the year they went to the World Series, he could have been a difference in yep. one of the losses that didn't get them past the Cubs. so Spot on. Absolutely, man. But, all right. So, to some speed this one up and then move on. Not not as – we got one big name. So, actually, we'll do the big name now and then kind of just do lightning, keep trade. We got Andre Drummond. I think we both have the same answer, but I'll let you go first, Grant. Andre Drummond. Absolutely. Keep 110%. You know, I touched on him a little bit. Um, we, we both did earlier. He's just, you know, he wants to pick up that player option. Um, he's had some interesting quotes about – um, you know, loving Cleveland, you know, wanting to be here. He seems excited, um, and he's just going to have to deal with, you know, I forget what the record is, um, Zach. When Andre Drummond does play and he's healthy, the, the record is, is close to 500. You know, there's been limited games, minimal games, but, you know, he's a difference maker. You know, he he rallies, you know, those troops, and he leads them. And I think, you know, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year. Um, however, Colin Sexton said, quote, they could be a playoff team next year. Um, I love you, young bull, but but let's not let's not shoot too far here. Um, <laughs> I, I just think you know, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred ten percent. You know, keep Andre Drummond if he wants to be here. I'll keep him here for as long as he wants to, man. I agree with that. I they're four and four when he plays. They that loss to Chicago is a game I just hate that that was the last Cavs game before the stoppage. But keep him all the way. Just has to limit turnovers a bit. He had six in that game. Just do a little less ball handling. Honestly, he'll be fine. So keep him. And now we go down the rest. Of the roster, give me one sec. The same tab I opened Drummond in had the roster. So now we continue with Alfonso McKinney. I think you keep him. I think he could be a 10th man on a 35-41 uh, team. I just think he brings great athleticism. 
and he's a guy that you don't want shooting more than two threes in a given game. But I think given his path to the league, he knows what it takes to work hard, making the finals or playing for a Raptors and Warriors team that had great playoff success. Absolutely, man. You, you you nailed everything, you know, on the head with Alfonso McKinney. Nothing, nothing much else for me to say, you know, absolutely keep Alfonso McKinney, especially with that new contract that he got. You know, shout out to him. He he worked he worked hard, you know, he grinded, and he deserved that contract. So I hope they keep him in. I think he can, you know, be a 10th man and 9-10 man and he really produce for the Cavs. And I was very worried when they waived him and then they started giving him 10-day contracts. And he, had a, it, he was away from the team for a game and they played like seven guys because his role couldn't be filled because they did it. For service days, whatever it is, and I hope he's back. The rest, I think I got the same answer here. Ante Zizic, I'm sorry. I've never disliked a Cavalier as much as this guy. I mean, look at him. He's listed at 6'10". He's probably seven foot one. No, I mean, he's the only holdover from that Kyrie trade on any of the teams other than Colin, who was a draft pick. Zizic can't post up. His offensive game makes him the Croatian Kwame Brown, and I think that's all <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, man, I don't, I would I Ante Zizic, you know, he he has moments. Um, you know, yeah. he had some decent games, but definitely, you know, you can you can drop. Um, I don't think any. I don't think he has any trade value at all. So you can definitely drop and move on from him. And it's too bad. He's a young kid. I hope he finds. I'm sure he'll, he can be a good backup center for Croatia because they have great NBA talent. We'll see. Okay, Dean Wade on a two way contract. I like what he's seen. Although the game I went to, Cavs Knicks, was such a blowout that Dean Wade played the whole fourth. This was the bad Knicks game. Of course, the week earlier. The Cavs beat the Knicks by 30 at the Garden. <laughs> anyway, uh, they were with. They had two injuries that night. I think you got to keep Dean Wade. Maybe I don't know if you can give a guy two two-way contracts, but I do like what he brings when he actually plays. He gets good screens, and I think he's got a nice three-point touch. If Kevin Love were to miss a game for five minutes, definitely. Um, I think you keep him only because you know you mentioned you know some of his highlights in his game. Um, and, and the high points, but I, you know, I haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen too much of him and I don't want to, you know, give, give a crazy assessment on the guy yet, but I definitely think, you know, to keep it bland and generic, you can definitely keep him because, you know, we've seen some flashes. He has smooth game, like you mentioned, can set good screens. He can shoot. Um, he's, he's athletic at the rim as well. Um, he's had some nice, you know, in the few minutes that he's got this year, you know, some, some, some important rebounds. So, you know, I think they could keep him. We just got to see, I think, you know, if the NBA season were to come back, you know, and we were we would get to see the Cavs, although we mentioned a little bit earlier, it's highly unlikely we'll get to see them if it did come back. I think he's a guy where they should give more minutes to, you know, just to see where he's at in terms of his play style and how he's fitting in with that with that roster. Because what do they have to lose at this point? And the last guy played for three different college teams, played at the U.S. Air Force Academy, or rather two colleges, I'm sorry, University of South Dakota. Then his thing lists him as having three years off, then going to Texas Tech. I have a friend from college with the same name, Matt Mooney who actually played, I think, 15 minutes against the Bulls. I think it's because that is actually where he's from. But nevertheless, Matt Mooney, I think that he's probably going to be gone, but probably sticking to G Leagues. He was fun to watch, and he did hit a shot that night. By the way, last thing, I'm sorry I'm cutting you off before I let you start, Grant, but Matt Mooney, every time he touched the ball, I just wanted him to to get a shot. Every time he got the ball, he was just looking to pass. And, you know, I just wish he did a little more that day, but you know, I, th- I think he is gone. But he's got a nice G League career and maybe a call up next season somewhere else. Absolutely. Matt Money listed at 6'3, 200 pounds. You mentioned from Texas Tech. I, you know, I was hoping he was going to get that, get a shot up too. I believe you're right. I believe he did score one bucket. Um, but, you know, we, I, I don't think he's in the Cavs' plans uh, much longer. I think they move on from him pretty soon. All right, and last note, he'll be a, a, he'll be the Ben Simmons of next season when he wins Rookie of the Year and everyone gets mad when he scores 30 <laughs> a game because that's just what he does. 
Dylan Windler from Belmont following Ian Clark's footsteps. Absolutely, um, you know, keep Dylan Windler. Obviously, we didn't get to see him at all this year. He was a guy, you know, when I was covering more in the Cavs, you know, as a server writer for Dog Pound Daily, and I've had these guests you mentioned, you know, for the Browns on my on my shows. You know, I've really been covering Browns heavy. Um, and Dylan Windler, you know, when I was, you know, all three teams, Cavs, and the Browns, you know, he was a guy where I was excited. You know, I believe his career three-point field goal percentage was around 40, 41, 42, which, yes. you know, yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, the Cavs, I think, in their lineup, you know, where he definitely won't start, um, obviously, anytime soon. They got to see what he has you know, before they can make any assessment. But I definitely do think the Cavs could use a three-point shooter like that um, off the um, on the floor. I think, you know, I hope he's been working off the floor. Um, uh, I, that shot, you know, not after playing for – taking a break for a year, not even taking a break just because of the injury, you know, not being able to play for a year, it, it's scary. Um, you know, we used a decent, you know, a decent pick on him. So I hope – Hope it all works out with him, and, you know, I really think he could be a spark off the bench in terms of his three-point shooting for the Cavs in the future. And two guys I just think of that missed the rookie season and then came back late are Harry Giles and Michael Porter Jr., both of who have found some great success of late. The Kings sure. screwed up on Giles, and I know they're going to they're gonna regret that immediately when Marvin Bagley gets hurt again next season. I hope Marvin pans out because they took him ahead on Luka, Trey, and several other fantastic prospects. But, you know, I hope I'm wrong and Bagley's great, but I think the Kings are going to regret Giles. I also think Denver, with Michael Porter, when you saw when he was healthy, man, he looked like a potential star on an already elite team. So that's maybe. Those are just two guys I think of, Grant, that didn't have their rookie season and then came back well immediately. So Definitely, man. All right, so we are moving on to the NBA draft, whether or not it's in June or October. Or even on Christmas because the NBA got pushed back six months. Who knows? But players players are declaring every single day. And it's unclear where the Cavs are going to pick. I believe they have the second worst record in the league. Or according to this mock draft on NBADraft.net. I mean, everyone uses a different size. What I have pulled up, it gives Golden State with the first pick. Cavs with the second. Everyone's saying something different. Some people are thinking Denny Avija because they need a small forward. Some want LaMelo Ball and say, forget about positions. You just want the best guy there, who does have to beef up, by the way, before I even go. I'm going to go through a few guys. He's 180 pounds, has to get to 210, 215. I don't think he'll last at his size with that because he kind of just looks like he has twigs for arms and legs, and when you drive for contact, it's not going to work. Okay, we got Obi Toppin, an Ohio man from Dayton, National Player of the Year. You got the scorer, Anthony Edwards, who only shot 28-7% from three. You got James Wiseman, who would fit the Cavaliers' mold of taking guys that don't play at all in college, a la Kyrie as one of them. And I'll I'll come back to that. I know they had taken a second guy that only played a few games. Oh, uh, Garland. I'm sorry. Garland played five games. Kyrie played nine. Took them both. A couple others that I've I've seen run around. Onyeka Okongwu, Isaac Okoro. And, all right, so I'll go to you first, Grant, because I've done a lot of draft talking. So tell me who you hope the Cavs take with the first pick and maybe even uh, with that, they got a couple extra picks from Utah for this year. If they have a second rounder, maybe they could put use that to move up. Um, I have, you know, I haven't, I'm, I'm excited here. I haven't got the chance to talk too much Cavs draft. Um, But for the Cavs, you know, Obi Toppin is one of my to- um, top guys. You know, he averaged 20 points and seven and a half rebounds a game um, at Dayton. Um, you know, he, he's a solid player overall. Um, he fits the Cavs mold, you know, in terms of what we need hundred uh, percent. another guy, um, who hasn't played much college ball, James Wiseman, 
Um, I think taking a young big man would be would be you know amazing for the Cavs. Um, I think obviously you know we have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond, but I think taking a young big man that can learn from one of those guys, you know, could 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 do wonders for the team. And I think you know even though you know the big question about Wiseman is you know he had that suspension. Um, a lot of there were a lot of questions about that. Um, you know he only played three games. Yep. Um, he he had 14 points and 12 boards in one game. Um, so there's the, there's a double double right there. Um, but I just think, you know, I, drafting a young big man could, could, could be good. You know, I'm not on the, um, the ball train at all. Uh, I don't need the Cavs in out of position to take, you know, best player available. Um, you mentioned that. I don't think you have the same mindset as some of the other people do on that. I just think the Cavs have to address the holes on the roster. Um, so Obi Toppin and James Wiseman, Wiseman, excuse me, are my top two for sure. Okay. So I agree. I think they could both be great. I think if Obi could do what Larry could do and play both forward spots, think that adds a lot of value and I, I don't think the Cavaliers are going to be big spenders in free agency to be honest I think they might hold some money and see what they can do next summer I think next year is going to be the year which we're going to finish with so a little more draft but I think next year will be the year where you find out Colin Dre Kev whoever's around who the leaders are what the direction is and what you do with a full training camp of JB Bickerstaff so that being said I would like a somebody that can either be the immediate sixth man and I know you don't. You never draft somebody with the expectation of becoming a sixth man. I don't think Jason Terry, Lou Will, or Jamal Crawford were ever expected to be as good as they were off the bench. Jamal Crawford actually had a great career as a starter with the, in, in New York and in Golden State. In Chicago, he had his moments, too. He bounced around a lot more than people realize early on. Obviously, Portland and Atlanta in the later years before L.A. and Minnesota. But Jason Terry was a starter on a playoff Atlanta team before eventually – coming off the bench in Dallas, and Lou Williams, I mean, he was supposed to be the next, he was supposed to be AI's heir, and he became the sixth man there before doing that everywhere. So that being said, you don't draft someone to be the sixth man, but if, I, I my number one guy is actually Anthony Edwards, and I'm going to be honest, Grant, I've probably only watched two of his games, and you know how I am about this one game thing, like I mentioned earlier, but I just like the potential, and you think about guys that are, we'll call them chuckers, the likes of an O.J. Mayo or Monte Ellis, guys who score a lot because they shoot a lot, but shoot at a decent clip. And I like that kind of guy to come here. And call me crazy, maybe it'll interrupt continuity, maybe it'll affect the ball movement. Think about what Colin has done as a great scorer. I just think he needs someone next to him that can do that. And that's been the issue. While, and no disrespect to LeBron, but as soon as he came back, Grant, and actually I'm gonna, I'll, I'll cut to you in a second on this specific note before we go back to the draft. The one thing with LeBron, it hurt Rodney Hood. It hurt Jordan Clarkson. It, it, it hurt everyone except for Kyrie. And occasionally Kevin Love would have good moments. People are afraid to put the ball in their own hands because they know it's a LeBron-type system where he wants the ball and he'll find them. They can't create. And so I think that's why it's important for the Cavs to get a guy like Edwards that can get his own shot so Colin can have a few possessions off, not have to always do something for us to have good news. It's a very good point, you know, LeBron. It's just amazing point, you know, LeBron. He, uh, he, he, he ran the show, and I absolutely love LeBron. And you know, no disrespect, but I feel like at times, you know, he tried. Obviously, LeBron James, LeBron James, um, are one of the top players, you know, to ever play. I think Michael Jordan is 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 the goat with my number one. Um, but I just think, you know, you're you're exactly right. And a guy like Edwards could come in and do that. And Colin Sexton has had to do that a lot, you know, create his own shots. He struggled with it at times. You know, a part of Colin Sexton's game that a lot of people, you know, try to critique and talk about is, you know, him not being able to create plays on his own. He's got a lot better at that this year. Um, you know, he he's he's choppy at times. You know, I forget what game it was. I don't know if he remembers that from this year. 
Um, it was it was really frustrating. We were Kevin Love had an amazing game. I'm trying to remember it um, as I speak. Kevin Love had an amazing I'll pull game. Pull it up as you keep going. And we were all expecting Kevin Love to get the last shot, and then Colin Sexton got it, and he looked really choppy. You know, he came off a ball screen. He was driving, and you know, it was a floater, I believe, to win the game, and it just it, it looked ugly. Oh, and yeah, that was the worst game of the season. I got <laughs> to find. I, was it was it Chicago the first time? Yeah, I I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what game it was, but I I'm glad you know what I'm talking about. It just it was frustrating because you know we all expected Kevin to get it when Colin Sexton got it. You know I was like, all right, come on, Colin, show us, you know, show us a flash or something here. And he just you know it felt like you know it was a deep breath, but it wasn't a good deep breath. We all were just frustrated and let down. And you know after following that game, I had to back up Colin Sexton on Twitter because he got slander that he just didn't deserve. But yep. you know, I just think back to your point, you know, I think that could it could benefit Edwards, you know, having to create his own plays in context and you mentioned having a couple of sessions off, you know, w- would do wonders for him and it would only, I believe, develop his game even further. And just to finish, I have found the game. I remember this. They they had a terrible fourth quarter. It was against the Pistons on January seventh. Andre actually had twenty and twenty that game, twenty three, twenty and five. Kevin finished with thirty and nine. Colin shot 7 of 19 with 20 points, and Tristan had a big game. I, I do remember this one, Grant, very well now that we look back. Dean Wade actually got minutes because they had injuries. I thought Levi Randolph was going to make his Cavs debut. Little did I know that he would not. I don't think he ever played for the Cavs this year. But anyway, I remember, and I actually hopped on with uh, Shaq and Jalen from the Cleveland For You podcast to defend Colin. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was, I've am I'm been Team Sexton all year, except for maybe a game or two. I love what he brings anyway. But that's why I think, uh, getting back to it, that you need a guy like an Anthony Edwards or an Obi Toppin. I know doesn't love the outside shot. I think he'll need it. Danny Avija can score. And maybe, I don't think they need a Cole Anthony who's undersized, but maybe just one to, to do your homework on and see. You know, maybe he'll grow a couple inches. I doubt sure. it. But you look at these 18-year-olds coming into the league, and, you know, they're never done growing, really. You never know. A lot of people, I, I'm not I'm not one of them. I, I've been the same height for about five, six years. I didn't grow at all in college. Or maybe you will, Grant. You might have a growth spurt. Who knows? You might be on the Cavs soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting at 5'8", five, 5'9", five, right now. I don't see myself growing too much more. But yeah, but, I, but see what I mean just on that note is Cole Anthony's young. He, he's a fantastic Absolutely. He's a fantastic guard. He's the son of a floor general that started in the NBA Finals with the New York Knicks and Cole and uh, Greg Anthony. So just just to put that out there, I don't think they're going to take him. I don't think they should, but I'm just not sold on LaMelo. I could care less about uh, about uh, LeVar. I actually think he's a very good guy, and I just think that he's tried to get a little too much press. But Agreed. The, the way I think he raised his kids, the way – I don't watch his, his Facebook show at all, uh, Ball in the Family, but Lonzo has worked his tail off, and I'm sure his dad – Helped him always get the best trainers, always get the best coaches. Just on that note, I think he's a fantastic individual. I think from what you see, I think he's, he's a very good father. I know, I, and I, that's not for me to say. We're not here to talk about how athletic fathers raise their kids. But I just think that they're, they're all really well raised. Except for, I mean, I'm not even comment on LiAngelo with that thing in China. That's that's out of my jurisdiction. But Lomel is going to be very good in the NBA. I just don't think it's going to be with the Cavs. That being said. I mean, I'm, I'm coming back to Anthony Edwards, man. He, he averaged 19 game. He's a guy that I think could really score in the NBA. I mean, not everyone's going to shoot 45% at both levels, but I think the, he shoots enough threes that he's going to have his nights where it's Edwards and Conlon helping the Cavs to beat the likes of the Celtics, 
Probably not the Bucks. That's that's almost impossible for uh, just the way the game goes. I think they could compete with the Lakers if they're both on. And anyone, which I think gets them, if he's on right away and he starts, maybe him and Porter with Colin, that's a 40-42 win team if he can score Oof. like that. He's the only guy in the draft, I think, that can do that immediately at his position. Ooh, 40-42 wins. If if, if that's that, Mark, that, that's playoff talk then, Zach. Uh, it is, and that's going to – that's going to close out the, the brief draft, take us to next year. And Grant, you know, it's it's really hard to just sit here and say, I think the Cavs are going to make the playoffs. That being said, I'm not going to lie. I've been writing for Noob Solutions Freelance since I was still in college, now two and a half years. And basically I had free control. They uh, write about NBA news. I have all the control, I write about whatever I want. And wouldn't you know that I wrote three different articles stating why the Cavs are going to make the playoffs last season. And I'm sorry, that was really bad of me. It was maybe maybe the worst take I've ever had other than – actually, that, that's the worst take. Um, I'll explain it briefly. I just thought J.R. Smith was going to do what he did in Denver. I thought Jetty Osmond was going to be an 18- to 20-point score. I mean, I, that's way too much to ask of him. I thought George Hill is a good vet. I thought, you know, they got some decent guys. I thought Colin off the bench. All right, 15 a game. Colin, when asked, remember, Colin was asked, Grant, about LeBron. Like, what, what's your pitch to LeBron? Remember that on draft night? He's like, you yep. know, LeBron, come come team up with me in Cleveland. Let's run it, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was – it was also came out that LeBron was, you know, Sexton was LeBron's pick, and then, then the rest is history. You know, Sexton yep. came, LeBron exited. Yeah, but getting back to it, uh, going, that, that bad prediction, I don't know. I thought Kevin Love was going to go superhuman. I thought he was going to turn into Minnesota Love, and I thought Tristan was going to average 15 and 15. Didn't work at all. I, I honor that. I accept it. That's why I admitted it as we're recording right now, and I'm not telling you afterwards. So that being said, my reasoning that they could win that next year, and this could be wrong, if they're fully healthy up front, so they can start with Love and Drummond, and then whoever they want, whether or not they pay Tristan, okay, but they're going to have Larry, right? And that's three guys right there. If need be, they can play the whole game at power forward and center. And if you can put McKinney or Osmond or whoever you draft in at the four spot, maybe that's a Windler role for next year. Who knows? And so that's consistent. That's good. They got rebounding for 48 minutes at two positions, no matter which two of the three are in the game. They can all step out in some way. I hope Drummond shoots probably 33s the whole season, but that, he, he's earned the right <laughs> to try to be honest with you. Agreed, 100%. It's 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 frustrating sometimes. Um, you know, love listening to the Cavs broadcast. I forget which one it is. You can probably you can probably tell me. Um, I believe it's Austin Card. Every time he every time, you know, Andre Drummond pulls a 3, it's from Austin Card. It's that's a frustration shot right there. You know, he's frustrated. <laughs> he's not getting You know what I'm saying? He, every saying. single time, every single time, you know, he always goes, that's a frustration shot because he's not getting the ball in the paint and it, it's funny. So I hope he limits his threes, but yeah, that's just a funny thing that came to my head when you mentioned, you know, Andre Drummond and his threes because Austin Card, he loves bringing that up and I love it about him. No, I love AC, man. Great. I, I was lucky enough to chat with him this year and actually tell him I liked his calls. And I announced that awesome. said I've used a few. No, he was he was fantastic. So was John Michael. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about that. But great individuals, man. I've been I really didn't start watching Cavs broadcasts until 2010 because I didn't have a way being in New Jersey of actually getting the games that were on, on national TV. So my introduction to Fred came the first year LeBron was gone. And I don't care about all the losses, man. I loved everything I saw. Uh, whether we had to go through Manny Harris or Lester Hudson, or actually we're good, some are Luke Harangoti, whatever, Christian Ienga, Luke Walton. All that being said, man, I know you've been a fan. You're a couple years younger than me, but you've been a fan a long time, and you were probably a fifth, sixth grade at that time, but you knew enough 
to understand that this is a lifetime fanhood. Six years later, we got a championship, by the way. So that was pretty great. But um, <laughs> absolutely, man. How, how old are you, Zach? I am 24. Gotcha. Just turned 19 yesterday. So uh, it's it, it's fun times. You know, you, you, you're putting out great content. You know, you're a diehard Cats fan. I absolutely love it, man. And that interview with uh, John Michael, um, where you got to talk to him, was absolutely awesome, man. So So that's great stuff. I appreciate that. Happy birthday to you, man. You know, everyone's born in April, I think. I've looked. I got, <laughs> both, I got both my parents. I got probably all my closest friends. And you got every NBA draft pick that never panned out was somehow born in April. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. The big one nine. The Cavs don't have a 19 right now, but I know they will soon. And Miles Austin, I think, won 19 for the Browns for that weird stint, didn't he? Uh, e, Miles, e, I believe he did. Yeah, I believe you're right. Um, nineteen or I could have been, could have been seventeen. I believe it was nineteen though. I believe you're right. Yeah, Miles Austin. Wow, that brought back so many memories. <laughs> I'll do a quick check on that, and I'm not. It's you can do better than a Miles Austin year. All right, he, he did wear nineteen. Twenty fourteen, Miles Austin played in twelve games. Oh, he was all right. Forty seven catches, two touchdowns, thirty one first downs on the forty seven catches. Okay. And he drops. Uh, do I have that? I do not. But he had a good. He had a career second highest catch percentage as a Brown. So you know what? It's it's you. You're we're gonna do better when we're off the air, and I can actually look this up. But happy Miles Austin year, Brandon. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> all right. So closing out, why I think they're gonna win all these games. So that we've got got our tangent out of the way, and I'll let you go ahead and uh, take us home. I just think that with all those bigs, you're gonna have Colin with a coach that believes in him, as you've seen. Larry Drew never believed in Colin. I think it hurt his production. I don't care how many times he scored 25 last year. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times he probably got taken out of clutch situations for a different guard that he trusted more. You can't do that with guys that are developing. I think that's – I'm very happy that Kobe White finally got his starts in Chicago on that note. I think he was – no matter how good he was off the bench, as a rookie, you shouldn't be a sixth man unless you're on a contender and you just, you're just you a vet ahead of you. He had Thomas Sadoransky ahead of him, who I like but not enough for him to start ahead of him. Anyway, on that note, Collins got all the trust. He started every game since the 11th of last season when George Hill first got hurt. Love what he brings. I mean, look at the Jetty. I think he'll be good as a backup. Porter's ready to start. Garland is a potential sixth man, or he's still starting. Who knows? I think he'll be ready to shine. I don't think he'll have a confidence issue coming off the bench because I think clearly J.B. Bickerstaff's a peer coach. I think that also comes with having a father that has coached a long time. He's actually with the Cavs, I think. I think Bernie is, I think, a senior advisor with Cleveland. But that being said, he was the first coach of the Charlotte Bobcats. Didn't have this in seven to 59 years, so he doesn't have to worry about ever having one of those like his dad. Didn't have, but man, I just, I like what they bring. I like the roster. They could win 20 games. They could lose Kevin early on like last season. But man, I think they could be really good. Absolutely, man. And you broke down that roster, you know, exceptionally well. So I don't need to do that. But I think, you know. You know, next year, I like I mentioned, I don't think we're a playoff team. Um, and I mentioned again, Colin Sexton's quote about how they could get there. Um, I think in the in you know maybe not next year, but I think the year after that, um, they, they're not competing for a title. Um, that that's years and years and years away. But I do think you know they could be a playoff team with the East already being weak. Um, you know, Colin Sexton's only going to develop even more. We'll see how Garland works, and I, I'm praying that you know if. If, you know, if Garland doesn't work out, 
Uh, I don't think we're going to know that next year. I think it's going to take a little bit more time before we can finally, you know, get our final analysis on Garland. I hope they either move on from him or do something else with him. Um, but I do think, you know, the roster, you know, love Drummond. Jetty, you mentioned KPJ is going to be a starting, you know, a starting lineup that looks like, you know, Colin Sexton, maybe a guy that we draft along with, you know, KPJ, Love, and Drummond. Um, and then you could throw Windler, you know, mix and match him, you know, if, the if you know, the production's there, you know. I think that Windler, in terms of, you know, even when he does flourish in the league, I think he's still going to be a bench guy. I don't see Windler as a starter, you know. Obviously, this isn't a fair comparison. I'm not comparing comparing him, excuse me, to Kyle Korver whatsoever. But, yep. you know, Kyle Korver, um, he, he, he started at times, you know, but coming off the bench, he just gives, you know, a couple threes a game, which I think, you know, again, I think Dylan Winther could definitely do that for the Cavs. So I think, you know, obviously no playoffs this year, but, you know, in the coming years, you know, no no title, but I think playoffs in a, in a fun season for sure. I think that's key. Um, I think any Cavs season is fun just because I love them to death. But I think, you know, a fun season in terms of competitive games, you know, this year's been pretty exhausting, you know, watching them night in and night out and seeing them, yep. you know, get blown out is just frustrating. You know, if they're losing a competitive game, that's absolutely fine because we know as fans – and, you know, we're, no, we're not ready to win, and so it's fine to lose a close game, but to see these blowouts, um, it's frustrating. So I think, you know, within the next few years, you'll see the blowouts start to go down. You'll see more and more competitive games. No, I agree with that completely. And my least favorite part of this year, Grant, I'm sure it's the same for you, the L.A. swing. I think this was in mid-January. I stayed up for both games. Surprisingly, I just think I have the, the willpower or energy. I think I was <laughs> destroyed by the Clippers and Lakers on back-to-back nights. Was <laughs> yeah, that was – the game ended. It was a br- very brutal, you know, I stayed up too. It's those games, you know, we, we knew we weren't going to win, but, you know, the, the 30-point loss, those are absolutely brutal. But, you know, nevertheless, man, I want, this has been an absolute pleasure, and I want to thank you. For, first off, this is an anchor. This is uh, the site you use, Clean Feeds. So I want to thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to get a trial with you today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you, you know, reaching out to me, wanting to have me on the show again, man. You know, keep up the great work. Uh, I I follow along. You know, I don't listen to too many podcasts, but I do listen to, you know, you guys on the regular. So keep it up, man. Great work. I appreciate that. We got a surprise Cavs guest for Monday. Not going to say it on here, man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you when we're done, but now I'm very excited about this. Somebody that actually played for the Cavs last season. So Twitter is pretty great, man. That's all I'm going to say. I've gotten everybody except for John Michael, who I was lucky enough to chat with in person. Everyone else that got this through Twitter. Three calves through Twitter, man. This, this, Twitter's the greatest thing in the world. Absolutely. We, uh, we uh, over at the Browns Wave podcast, you know, we got to interview Phil, Phil Dawson, which was a dream come true. Um, and then, you know, Jake Trotter. Uh, I don't know how many Browns listeners you have, but guys, we have, and, you know, an amazing guest coming soon. Um, I got to interview Jonathan Peterlin of 923 The Fan to talk Browns. That came out today on Cleveland Surge. But, again, man, you come in with the Cavs guest. We have we have a Browns guest as well. But I'm really excited, you know, to hear that Cavs guest is and listen to that. But remember, guys, if if we do have any Browns fans listening to this, tune over to the Browns Way podcast. In the coming days, we have an amazing current Browns player coming on the show. All right, so make sure to give Grant the love as well as here. You know, you can pick and choose. If you want to listen to mine or his, that does not matter. I, I do think he's got some great content nevertheless. And I'm not going to be offended, but <laughs> absolutely, man. And when the Cavs season comes around on Cleveland Surge, I'll be I'll be in your DMs for sure, hoping hoping you can come on and give me some Cavs analysis. Any day, any time, man. 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. But until but now, as we are approaching 9 p.m., we sign off for Grant Pushkar. I am Zach Weiss, and we will catch you next time.